Well, you know, one of the most enduring mysteries in New World archaeology is who were the first Americans? When did they arrive into the New World? When did they get here? And maybe what routes did they take? Can we understand better from archaeology uh, the story of the peopling of the Americas? And the preponderance of data supports a migration or a series of migrations out of northeastern Siberia into the Americas. And we're also looking into a number of different um, possible routes. Uh, there's a potential coastal migration. Um, these were potentially maritime adapted peoples who were making their way along what has been called the Kelp Highway along the Pacific coast of the United States and, and all the way down into South America. And, and we're having a little bit of hard time sort of finding some of these sites, not surprisingly, because many of them are underwater. And you know, as, as many people know, the sea levels during the last glacial, before the last glacial maximum, the, towards the end of the last ice age, were up to 100 meters lower than they are today. Well, we think that people came into northeastern Asia and to Siberia sometime between 26 and 18,000 years ago, but spent some time in that part of the world before crossing Beringia, which at that time was a land bridge exposed due to lower sea levels between modern-day Siberia and modern-day Alaska. And they were probably coming across by land and along the coast around 18,000 years ago and then into the Americas and probably taking coastal routes, um, populating as far south as the tip of South America as early as 14,000 years ago, maybe even a bit earlier. Well, not surprisingly, it's very hard to actually find the remains of these first Americans. Uh, it, you know, it's a, it's a problematic pursuit for a number of reasons, not the least of which these are people and archeologists don't, um, don't go into, into this sort of too lightly in that we're hoping to understand the past through the remains of those individuals who existed so long ago. And so it's, um, uh, we don't often go looking for, for human skeletons, but when they're discovered um, in certain parts of the Americas, it offers an opportunity um, to the archeologist, to the anthropologist, to understand a bit more about this early peopling of the Americas. And one of the exciting sort of aspects of this research in Mexico is that we have so many of these human skeletons well-preserved or relatively well-preserved inside flooded caves. And the flooded caves offer a unique combination of different physical characteristics that lend themselves to the preservation of these human remains. And because they're constrained within these caves, they're ultimately more discoverable in that once divers can enter these caves, um, they're likely to see these bones on the floor of the cave. So, you know, it's, uh, you know we had people living here in Southern California at the same time, right here in Long Beach, for example, but because of this sort of modern imprint of, of humanity on the landscape and the fact that many of these sites um, and the remains of the individuals who live there are ephemeral and many of them um, that have preserved are very difficult to find for a whole variety of reasons. We sometimes look to other areas where these bones are, are potentially more discoverable. Well, we're not only finding the bones of animals and sometimes humans inside these cenotes, but also these diverse, rich, and well-preserved assemblages of fauna and flora. Um, we have everything from what we would call microbotanical remains, pollen, for example, to macrobotanical remains, things like tree limbs all the way down to seeds. Um, and other uh, parts of plants that have 
preserved well in these anoxic waters um, deep inside these caves. And that gives us a snapshot of what the landscape during the late Pleistocene at the end of the last ice age, what this landscape looked like. Well, in the Yucatan Peninsula, we have these extensive networks of submerged caves. And explorers, intrepid underwater cave explorers, have uh, for now um, more than three decades been exploring um, deep inside these caves. And as they explore, they discover. They see things that um, that they know are important, that help tell the story of Mexico's ancient past and our ancient American past. And because of that rapid pace of exploration leading to multiple discoveries um, in areas where these sites are relatively well preserved and the deposits in these sites are relatively well preserved, it makes for a really exciting opportunity for archaeologists, anthropologists, paleontologists to do this kind of research. Um, we don't often have an opportunity to have access to such beautiful specimens of extinct Pleistocene fauna like we do inside caves. Well, most archaeologists in the United States are what we would call anthropological archaeologists. Um, and so many of us come from departments of anthropology. So we bring, we call a four-field approach to, to the discipline, which includes archaeology physical and cultural anthropology as well as linguistics. And so um, most American archaeologists like to sort of think of, um, of our discipline as being more holistic. Um, and so I would consider myself an anthropologist and an archaeologist. And we're not just studying the, the remains of these individuals. We want to understand these past human life ways. We want to be able to reconstruct them and understand how these people interacted with one another and with their landscape. And, and we look to social theory um, to understand those complex interrelationships between people and each other and their environment.